According to Mike and Tony is intended for a mature audience. Listener discretion is advised. Baron Von Pierce, we're back at it again. It's episode 127. You got some toys to play. Huh? Yeah, 127. You got some toys to play with over there. Got, got a whole bunch of new stuff, dude. Some some well, audio. not new. I mean, the mic, the mic has been the same as it's always been. Yeah. Not, I mean, not, not as always been. It just sits here on the side. Usually it's this mic. But today, now that I got this fancy little sound card that I can use. <laughs> yeah. So New and improved. Now we got some comedic relief whenever I want to chime in and and hit that up so i love it dude <laughs> have some fun with it see what happens um all right we got a guest today uh he's been on the show a number of times in fact i was watching a really old podcast we did a long time ago uh, but i'm always stoked to have you on brother you are a, a friend a brother your family to me uh, i love you very much sir it's lacy mcdonald staff sergeant lacy mcdonald put some respect on the name how are you sir good to be back love y'all too man you know uh, it, it feels great to be back. Let's rock. <laughs> <laughs> and I love that that hat you got on. I was commenting on earlier there, dude. That's pretty sweet. Oh, and that's just, a, that's just a Colorado Rapid hat. That's all. That's nothing. <laughs> Colorado Rapid <laughs> Oh, oh. Please, please. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I like the style of it. That's why it reminds me of the, um, reminds me of like the NBA hats back in the day. You know, like when yeah. I was growing up in the 90s, they had that same kind of style. Exactly. Yo, you know, uh, DJ Jones designed it. So. Oh, yeah. I did not know that. I've seen those floating around. I didn't know he was the one who designed that. That's cool. Yeah, he designed it. It kind of looks like those old school Laker hats, you know? I was going to say, well, the old school, just like the the old hats back in the day that we used to rock, you know? Yeah, that's right. The the Kings hats, the Lakers hats, the the Raiders hats. Yeah, all those. Yeah. Exactly right, man. Exactly. That was back in the day when we were wearing starter coats, (laughs) y'all. Man, I remember I had like a fake one. And it had like, <laughs> unfortunately, it had like dr- like the I don't, drawstrings. Is that the right word? Like it was like the like you could pull the it, but it was hoodie strings on the sides. Okay. Yeah, kind of like that. Except it was like the super flexible ones, and it had this button on the end. Mm. Um, and so growing up, man, it used to tick me off so bad. Like all my friends would come up and pull it, like when I least expected it, and mm-hmm. pop it into pop me. That. Yeah, man, some BS, man. That's an old school baby. That's an old school flavor. Nah, you know, I I always wanted a starter jacket, man, because I could never get my hands on. Yeah, yeah, same. <laughs> I, I remember how happy I was the day my my dad showed up. Um, my real dad, my biological dad, showed up out of nowhere one day uh, with a pair of uh, Nike Air Jordans. And I was a kid. Do you guys know what pro wings are? You ever heard of pro wings? Pro wings. No, maybe mm-hmm. you ain't heard of them. Where I grew up, pro wings were like the the super super cheap shoe that was like they fall apart but they're like the wannabe nikes and one at the time it was at the time it was nike reebok la gear um i'm trying to remember what some of the other big sneakers were converse uh, converse yeah oh yeah converse mm-hmm. has been big forever Chuck Taylors. Thank uh-huh. you. yep but i am but i had pro wings and uh they looked nothing like the thing they and they fell apart so damn fast um <laughs> Yeah. You yeah. know what I remember from back in them days, man, and I know Mike can speak on this one, was them Daisy Duke shorts from Aurora Hills <laughs> Middle School, man. Yeah. Oh, my God. I was, oh I always joked God. around because, like, when, when you know, we wore those shorts, but you wanted to wear something under them because you didn't want to wear, you know, your stupid boxers and, like, have things, like, just hanging out. Wait, 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 wait. And wait, wait. When you're, saying, when you're talking about shorts, you're talking about shorts for guys? 
Yes. Yeah. Like Dude, that was our, our uniforms at in middle school were like they straight up never got updated, man. They were like straight up from the seventies and eighties. Like it was all hand and stuff until the nineties, bro. Like Dude, they was definitely from was. the from the seventies, man, for sure. Oh, yeah. that's crazy. I'm talking about Daisy Duke. Like I remember I had a parent pull me to the side and be like, yo, they got these things called jock straps. Okay. And it'll yeah. stop your stuff from like because every time I went up for a rebound, like my stuff was <laughs> down out of one of them. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what I was saying. Like, you know, it was funny too, because like back then, you know, I was skinny mini, dude. And so, you know, you wanted to wear like some stuff under it. And so my mom thought maybe just get some compression shorts. Mm-hmm. You know, bro, those compression shorts were like baggy on me. So it was just like <laughs> shorts under shorts. And so like that, was, boxers, that, yeah. that was before you were squatting a thousand pounds, I take it. Yeah, basically. <laughs> Dude, that is hilarious. Wow. So you guys had uniforms and this is public school, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah Royal wow. school. Man. God. Yeah, we had no, we didn't have anything like that where I went to Fresno High School in Fresno and uh no, nah, we didn't have anything like that. They had rules, but nobody followed them. And I remember, I remember one thing distinctly, and this may have just been one of those weird high school rumors going around, but our understanding was the dean that was in charge of checking um, hair color because we couldn't have like unusually colored hair and the person who checked it was colorblind supposedly and so like because it, and, and it went it went with what i observed because everybody had crazy hair i had at one point i had blue hair i had green hair at one point and everybody did it <laughs> we were like, what are you talking about it's black <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's crazy you guys had uniforms and what's more hilarious is this those shorts sound ridiculous oh my god man and uh, yo i i have to say add roar hills uh, I, we learned how to uh, uh, take defeat. Like it was bad, man. We were. <laughs> it was tough. I I think maybe we won one game. Like I think we won one game. Like it was it was nasty, man. It was like that was my first time playing organized sports. Period across the board. Yeah. So, I remember scoring on ourselves. Like that's how bad. Oh, it was. No. <laughs> it was well, it's awful. funny because I played. I played dual team. Well, we, there, we had three teams. There's A, C, A team, B mm-hmm. team, and C team. And so I got to play for both A and B team. And yeah, A team was terrible, but B team was undefeated. Yeah, B team was undefeated. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> You're awful. A team was awful, man. <laughs> Jesus. It was awful. It was so bad. Like every every game, dude, I, like I'd leave the, the, the court. And I'd just be, I'd ball all the way to the, to the house, man. <laughs> like for, for me, it was tough because I, I don't know, man, like, you know, I grew up and, and I always thought that like one day, like my pops would come and, and watch me play. And like every time, man, it was like, I would, I would take that out on my mom's man. It was, it was awful, dude. I was a awful teenager, man. I, I put my mom through some, sh- some shiznit. <laughs> were you really i I feel like you may have mentioned some of that before but it's so interesting just knowing you now i met you much later in life and knowing your personality as a as a grown man um yeah i'd be interested to hear some of that man that's that's really interesting yeah it it's uh uh i think that definitely shaped a lot of uh you know how i feel now on like just loss and losing and stuff like that i i didn't have the type of mentorship, man, that would be like, yo, like you need to take this as a learning experience. Like each one of these defeats is going to help you learn a little bit more about yourself. You know what I mean? You got to, you got to, I didn't have anybody to help me through that. You know what I mean? 
And like I would always be out there on the court, like, oh, if my pops is here, I'm gonna be, you know, I'm gonna be freaking Takimbe Matumbo out in this place. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> With short shorts. <laughs> yeah, no, it's yeah. It's funny because like I was the the opposite way. We grew up like, you know, playing basketball and and I was in organized sports and everything like that. My stepdad always coached us, and so um, we were always undefeated. Every single time, you know, we go to tournaments and win tournaments and trophies and this and that. And so, like, that was always ingrained in me. Like, I got mad when I played for A team. I'm like, God damn it. Why are we so terrible? Come on, man. I'm like, I'm playing on B team over here. We're winning. (laughs) We're supposed to be better on A team. Like, what the hell is going on? I did not understand what was happening, man. But uh, it just never came to fruition for us, man, at Aurora Hills Middle School. And, uh, like, I didn't get to taste, like, victory. Like victory, victory until the last game of our eighth grade year is when we actually won <laughs> our only freaking game. Yep. And your I mean, only, your only game that season or your only game in your high school career? Throughout my whole middle school. This is middle school. Oh, middle Aurora school. Hills Middle School. Okay, my bad. Yeah. Throughout my whole time at Aurora Hills Middle School, we were handed defeat like every freaking time, man. It was so rough. <laughs> but like the last game. Uh, that we played in middle school was the first time we got to taste this victory. And I mean, like I, my, I had cotton mouth. Like I was looking up at the clock and I was looking at the score. I was like, Oh my God, we're going to freaking, freaking win. Freaking yeah. win. <laughs> that was like a similar story for me with, um, with football. So growing up, we had AYL, which is the Aurora youth league. And um, I played for the rebels and dude, our team, like for the rebels was God awful. We lost every single game, like every game, but we won our last game too. Similar. And we last our, we won our last game in the snow Mm. and we beat the lions. (laughs) And I remember that because it was like, it was like, damn dude. It was like, look at us go. Like I was playing like, like crazy. I got like a couple of sacks and I was just feeling, we're feeling it. And that was the last game of the year. We're like, we didn't goose egg it. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I played oh, basketball in elementary and middle school, but it was we were middle of the road. We won some games. We lost some games. We never did anything fancy. Uh, my dad used to call us the Wawona Hooters, but I'm trying to remember what our mascot <laughs> actually was. I don't know my dad always used to say that, but it was Wawona. Oh, man. I can't even remember what the mascot is. That's terrible. We were Mustangs over at Aurora Hills. Man. Yeah, the Mustangs. Yeah, Broncos colors and everything, man. Yep, it was it was bad. <laughs> it, was bad. <laughs> it was like, and it legit was like the Broncos old logo, like the seventies yes, logo. It was we probably we probably got the Broncos like intramural like <laughs> jerseys that they had from the seventies. It was donated <laughs> for real, <laughs> and the shorts. Yeah, God. I'll never forget that stuff, man. Jesus. So, so let me get your guys' history straight. So you guys didn't go to middle school together, but you went to high school together or vice versa? No, no we went to middle school together. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Because you went, where did you go after Aurora Hills? Went to Gateway. Gateway? Yeah. yeah. See, I was supposed to go to Gateway, Yep. but uh, I ended up moving out to the Bellows and uh, my mom, like my whole family went to Thomas Jefferson High School Yep. You know, from busing and whatnot. You know, they, like my mother integrated her class was the first graduating class in 77 of a integrated school, right? Okay. DPS. So she was a part of that. And it's just been like, everybody went there except for my uncle. He went to Bellside. 
was black yeah, sheep. Yeah, and that was and that was us. <laughs> we grew up in Mont. We grew up in Montbello too, but my mom didn't want me to go to any Montbello schools, mm. so that's why we, I went Shit to Aurora Hills, yeah. and then that's why I went to Gateway, um, because we lived over there um, by my grandma, uh, right right there off Fifty Six by the Arsenal. Okay, so yeah, really it close was, to where uh, I'm at now. My grandma still lives over there. Okay. All right, she's right over there. You see the uh, right the base. There's a reserve like headquarters yep. right over there. The yep. uh, so like when you go down Peoria and you take mm -hmm. a right on 56, mm -hmm. you turn right on Revere and then you take a left on Pensacola. And my Dang, grandma's house right is right there. Down the huh? Okay, yep. man, I know a lot of gang families that live like all along that stretch right there, man. Dude, yeah, and so They're like growing up too it was funny because it was like you know it's it is predominantly African American over mm -hmm. there. Um, and so my grandma would get mad because the neighbors would be blaring music and everything. And she like, she, <laughs> she get like, my grandma was like old school Hispanic racist. Mm, so mm. she'd be like, pinche negros, boys with their music. And blah, blah, blah. like, grandma, you can't, you can't say that stuff. Like, <laughs> that, that reminds me of my grandmother, man. She would do the same thing, man. She'd be like, pinche cabrones. And I'd be like, whoa, I'm like, what is that? Can I say that? <laughs> You know, my, my grandmother never taught me Spanish, yo. Like, that's one of the things I wanted, but it was, like, ingrained in her to, and even for my mother, man, like, uh, when they moved up from Laredo, Texas to Denver, uh, she went to a, a private Catholic school, and, like, that was it. Their whole reason of going there was to speak English, yep. and, like, the nuns would, like, bat my mom's hand every time she spoke Spanish. So yeah. they basically beat it out of, you know, my mom, my uncle, and uh, my aunt. And that was just generational because that was the same thing with, with my family. My my mom never taught us Spanish because mm -hmm. she didn't want us to be held back and, mm -hmm. and or thought of lower, lower than, you know, in a regular English speaker. And, and to this know, day, I get mad at my mom and I'm like, you know what? I could make you like twice as much money as I can now yeah. by being bilingual. Isn't that sad? Isn't that sad? And, and again, like we lose a piece of our culture, right? Yeah. Like that's, that's our culture right there, man. And, and it's especially hard for, you know, a black skin kid to, <laughs> to find his, you know, his, his space. You know what I mean? Like, yep. cause I go like, I'm both like, that's both. That's me. Like I'm, I'm African-American. I'm, I'm Latino, like I got indigenous blood in my, like, I thought my grandmother was tripping when she was like, yo, we're Azteca. And I'm like, now nah, we're not. What are you talking about? <laughs> and then uh, I did, uh, I did the 23 and me like two years ago and okay, yeah. no shit, like 23% indigenous uh, native wow. American man down in, in, in the region is right over there in the, in the Aztec region along the uh, uh, Mexican, Mexico city. And then down a little further South. So yeah. I was like, damn, that's all. That's man, it's crazy. it's so crazy to hear you guys talking about this because I'm uh, I'm taking right now. I'm you know I'm working on that master's. I'm in a class which is it's the title of it is teaching multilingual learners, and we're learning all about that stuff. There's this dude Joseph Sweena who's an educator, um, and he shares his story. He was he's a Native American, and uh, he talks about growing up with his family. <clears throat> so I was just reading recently reading this like essay he wrote. And it's, it's terribly sad, man. He like talks about growing up with his, you know, in his, they were super, super poor. They didn't have electricity. He grew up, he's a little bit older, a bit on older. On the res? Uh -huh. Was he on the res? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so he went through that whole, world nation, man. yeah, man. And he went through that whole systemic, you know, like 
uh, that's exactly what they did. Beat it out of them. You know, like you leave your language at home, leave your Indian at home was a common mm -hmm. phrase that was used. Um, but it was just so sad, man, because he's talking about his childhood and the dude had such a loving childhood and how close he was with his family and like community was such a huge thing growing up. Mm -hmm. And he just gets into these details, you know, and you're just like, oh, this warm story. And then he gets into the part where he starts school. And like once he starts school, he's just stripped of everything, bro. And it's like, it's unbelievable how we do that. And so it's weird to hear me hear you guys talking about it. And you just realize like when we say systemic, it's not just the, the education system that was doing it. It's everything. It's all of society so that it gets in the heads of your grandparents, right? And your parents that are like, no, 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 no. The right way to be is like this. You know, I want you to speak mm -hmm. English. I don't want you speaking this language. So it's a trip to hear these real life examples like this. This is, it's kind of crazy for me. And I, the, you know, I think the cool thing, though, is like we're trying to get we're stopping that now. You know what I mean? Like it's like we're like you're not going to you cut or at least if you come to Lake Middle School, you 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 can keep your language. You know what I mean? And, and you're getting the addition of English. You know what yeah. I mean? Like you, you, we're not going to try to rob you of your culture. In fact, we're trying to <laughs> well, reinforce that. You know what I mean? Yeah, and we understand Embracing, scientifically. Yeah. We've that's the old school monolinguistic idea is like, and that's how America is, right? It's what's like a monolingual nation wannabe. Anyway, truly, it's not. I mean, there's tons of Spanish, tons of other languages spoken here, but it's that idea where we used to think of language as like, like if somebody was bilingual, you thought of them as having both languages inside their head, like separate, mm. right? They're two separate. So leave that one, work on this one, kind of thing. But science is telling us completely otherwise, dude. Like all your linguistic facilities are all blended together in your brain mm. and so it's not just that it's like you're telling them leave it at home but you're like robbing them of their abilities like the fact that they actually bring a ton to the table when you speak another language and not to mention the benefit you brought up there right off the bat there pierce was the you said i thought it was funny because i was just reading about that like uh, obama gave a speech talking about that where it's like there's so many jobs here in america that end up filled by people um, who are not usually born here because we try to beat the language out of everybody here and so we don't have the people that are qualified to be these like translators and in these high level positions that we need where we need high levels of fluency in multiple languages um so now it's crazy man it's 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 uh it's a trip but i agree with you i like where we're at Lacey. i like where things are at nowadays um where it's a uh, it's something they bring to the table i do it all the time in class man because you know that's that's my that's my uh that's my jam bro i teach english language development and so mm -hmm. i've got all my students speak all kinds of different languages and we bring them into the classroom every day oh, we're constantly so fresh yeah man because it's important because so many times these students get misplaced as like special needs or like something else yeah. when it's it's just not accurate at all. Whereas if you use their language, you realize like, wow, they have like, they have uh, a lot to bring to the table. They have a lot mm -hmm. of uh, deep understanding of even the content that we're talking mm -hmm. about. And they can do it so much more eloquently and um, easily in their home in language. Their language yeah. yeah, yeah. And what that does- You know what comes to mind? Uh, yeah. uh, Mike is. You know, oh, yeah. Spanish. Love that yeah. man. That's my brother. I love that guy. Obviously, you know, there are times where I'm like, "What did he say?" Like, oh, yeah. you know, and then you're like, "Okay, I get, it, I get it." But when he's speaking like Spanish, like in his homeland of Spain, yeah, I was like, "Whoa, this cat is like extremely elegant with his with how he speaks." Oh, hundred percent, dude. It was like the freshest thing when we were at the, that uh, school board meeting in October. He just like it was just elegant, like how he speaks in Spanish. It was like it was the freshest thing. Yeah. So, 
Yeah, it's humbling too for me to just think about that because, like, because I speak a lot of Spanish too, you know, and I'm trying to use it as much as I can. But it's uncomfortable, dude. Like when you're talking, when I like when I talk to my kids or if I talk to Aguilar or anybody who like speaks Spanish, it's very intimidating. And sometimes I just clam up, bro, because it's like, and I it's good for me though because then I mm-hmm. I completely relate to what my students are going through, where you're suddenly like, mm-hmm. you you don't want to speak because you feel like you're gonna sound dumb or you feel like you know they're gonna they you know you're gonna misspeak or say something wrong or whatever. Um, but yeah, no, I agree, man. I love that guy a lot. And uh, yeah, man, that's the homie, dog. Yeah. <laughs> For yeah. real. And I don't know how long he's been at Lake. Uh, he's been there a while, <sighs> as though, right? As far as I know, like five or six years. <sighs> yeah, he's been there for a little bit. I think like the the uh, uh, gosh, I think it's Miss Beater and Aguilar have been there for almost like eight, nine, almost ten years. Yeah, I think a decade. Yeah, the veterans. And I mean, they were there during the bad days, man. Like the yeah. Oof, like, oh, I'm telling you, during the during the lean on me days. Oh, you, lean on me, nah. During the Michelle Pfeiffer fucking dangerous mind, <laughs> dangerous mind days. <laughs> no, I'm not lying, dude. And this, like, no, and it wasn't you. that long ago. It was like three, uh, honestly, three years ago. Uh, when I walked into Lake for the first time. I was like, where the fuck? Like, am I in a rec center or something? Or like a, a correctional facility? Like, the windows were all dim and dark because there was, like, cages all over them, right? Uh, the lighting in the in the building was awful. Like, it was like every other light worked, you know what I mean? And, like, one of them would be flashing and shit, you know? Uh, the, you look over in the corner, there'd be, like, a heap of trash or something or an anthill. Like, how you got an anthill in the school, man? Yeah, that's... I walked in... I walked into Rossini's class, right? His class, the tech wing. And that was the first class that I got to walk into. There were students sitting in the window seals of the classroom. And, you know, those window seals are sit pretty high, right? And I'm looking for the teacher in there. I'm like, where the fuck is the teacher at? And there's like this little lady all the way in the back with like two, three students that are like actually taking in like content. Everybody else is fucking on their phones. They're walking in and out of the classroom, like shit doesn't matter. Damn, like, how long how long ago is this, Lacey? How many years ago? <laughs> that's, is this? Three? that's three years ago. That's right before Amanda oh. stepped onto the scene, man. That was when she was being recruited to fill uh that position as principal. Unbelievable, man. What what crazy. uh what a remarkable story and a turnaround so far. Like I'm so honored to be a part of that. That that's insane. And I've you know, I've heard some crazy stories too. Um I because I you know, I was in the music world for a long time and so I used mm-hmm. to run the audio for the Cheeseman Park Art Fest and mm-hmm. I met this blues musician. He's really great. I wish I could uh I should think of the name of the band. They've been voted like best blues band in Denver several times. But anyway, the dude, and we kind of got off to the wrong foot. It was sort of funny. We rubbed each other the wrong way. But eventually came around, became friends. We started talking. And I knew the guy for years. And then one day um, he hit me up about sound at Cheeseman Park, but I wasn't running sound. This was like right as I was becoming a teacher. And I told him where I was going. And uh, he, I apparently he had taught at Lake um, like in the 90s or something like that. And he was just like, whoa, bro, good like- luck over there man like, and he was just telling me crazy <laughs> stories about um like people throwing desks out the window and like just all kinds of madness and then coincidentally we had a sub last year that showed up that was teaching there and i guess mm-hmm. they were friends she we stumbled onto that information that i was like oh my god like you know this other dude i know and they were both there at the same time and she shared the same she actually had my classroom the one i have right now and she's had the same thing there used to be they used to have them barred up and everything mm-hmm. uh, for that exact reason because people were throwing stuff out the windows and all kinds of crazy stuff. 
Man, yeah, we've uh, like come a long way, man. and yeah. definitely, you know, I give credit. My, my wife is a beast, man. That's yes. a, a freaking Valkyrie. Come <laughs> yeah. snatch you up off the battlefield type shit, you know? <laughs> yeah, no doubt, bro. It really is. No doubt. Uh, yeah, and like, yeah, you do. Oh man, where do we start? Where do we start? I don't know, man. Well, there's a lot. You know, we we can start yeah, just yeah, about yeah, anything. Man has been like, I I've been through. I feel like I'm I'm going through the ringer, man. And I, I really need to write a book on this shit. <laughs> For mm -hmm. real. Yeah. Like from internal, like we had our own little, you know, Judas episode and in, in a silent Judas inside of the school on top of battling, you know, strive and whatnot. And even, you know, DPS as a whole coming in and like I, like overtones of racism, like for real, you know, uh volunteering there at the school. So like yeah. you guys right now, you guys are talking to a, I've, I've been labeled a rebel, man. I've been re labeled a rebel without a cause, basically, by uh, uh, striving DPS, man. That's some real shit. Real oh, shit. man. Yeah, and the, I'll be honest with you. This is I feel like I'm in tricky territory talking about this. Talking to you as a friend, uh, putting this out there, I feel I am a teacher for DPS as well. But there is some, there's some weirdness going on. I like the way you put it with the Judas. Because um, you've been volunteering at the school, right? You come in and everything, mm -hmm. and uh, uh, everybody loves you, man. I love you being there. You're such a, a powerful presence. Not to mention, um, we talked a lot. Uh, you popped into my classroom last week, and we were talking about, at the end of the day after school was over, and we were talking about how um, you can't teach kids that you don't have a relationship with. Mm -hmm. And you go back now for these kids. We teach a middle school that's got three years in there, and so these a lot of these kids know you, they love you, they respect you, um, and they respond to you like no other because... Um, that's one of the hardest things in a classroom is if you don't know if you don't know the students. So, um, so we all we just love having you there. Um, Man, but I appreciate that. Recently, you know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> recently, we found out that maybe uh, maybe not one hundred percent of everybody. Yeah, not one hundred, and you know that's to be expected. That's cool. Yeah. You know, I I I mean, like I think I told you this. You know, uh, when we had that conversation earlier or last week. Mm -hmm. is like you know i my heart is callous man and i think you know a lot of that is just from growing up man and dealing with you know a lot of the systemic shit that people of color have to deal with in this country you know so like that's something that you know i'm used to dealing with um it's just unfortunate that you know when you have an organization preaching about equity uh and listening to communities of color uh, and it's and in particular trying to get, you know, black men involved in education that, you know, you would put so much heat on a volunteer coming in, man. You know what I mean? Like, I ain't asking DPS for money. You yeah. know what I mean? This is all love. That's seriously like it's been nothing but love like over there. at like, And fortunately, I'm able to do that, you know, uh, blessed with Amanda having the position that she has. And we're able to do that as a family, you know, and we've invested so much, man, into to have so much challenge, man, because we're making changes. Even when it came to uh, uh, Amanda got rid of the honors program at uh, Lake, because, like, honestly, who is that catering to? You know, we're catering to a specific group of people for the honors class, right? Right. And, yeah, it sounds good. Like, oh, they got AP classes and all this good. But it's segregating students inside of that, you know, 
inside of the classroom. So finally, this is suite. yeah, this is lining up with my classes again. We had some classes. I had a three hour class yesterday, and we were we were having a discussion about this where we got put in small groups and we were talking about it. And that was sort of the sentiment of the whole group was like these IB and AP programs and all this mm-hmm. stuff. It's like it's a big show most of the time, you know. It's like oh, we got yeah. this. Take a look at it, you know. Come on over to our school because look, we got IB, we got AP, we got yeah. honors over here. Um, yeah, but you're right. It caters to a specific group. Um, no, man. And, and honestly, with what happened, I don't even know all the details. I don't really know what happened other than, um, you know, somebody wasn't feeling you there in the building. Um, yeah. but, but I'm hoping that you, that we're going to be able to get past this and you're still going to be there because uh, you yeah. were, you're okay. Good. You guys, yo, you, if that, you know, that was on like your guys's response, you know what I mean? Because, good. you know, Amanda's compromised, obviously. Obviously. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, uh like it was left up to you know your like responses like you know is this something that you know you guys want as a school you know do you see that you know me being a positive force there you know and and you know dedicating my time to you guys and if not then you know be like yo then we can't do it anymore mm-hmm. you know and that's like across the board so you yeah know, you guys voted on uh, uh having me to continue to participate at lake man and i really appreciate that man oh 100 dude the love for you is real <laughs> and it's uh, it was uh it was powerful man it was powerful hearing how much everybody loved you over there um and i had to speak up too because literally i wouldn't be there if it weren't for you i literally wouldn't like i had no that's idea that's you bro you you I, I didn't do anything i just said hey there's a path you can take tony yeah and you right. you were the one who did it yeah, <laughs> I wasn't staying what's up late at night with you. What's interesting is <laughs> when I started. I'm not gonna lie. Like I, I, when I started, I was kind of like, I'll probably teach a year at Lake, and then I'm gonna see where I'm at. You know, I want to see what what I want to do next, and uh, maybe get. I, my dream was to get something close to home. I, I had visions of myself riding my bike to school and stuff because there's, you know, there's a lot of schools <laughs> right here around my house, and so that's what I was thinking initially. And then it's weird. It's been weird, man. I never have been a teacher before, and. uh you just fall in love with your students, dude. You fall in love with the community and you realize like, oh man, like it, it's so funny how oblivious I was to all that before. You know, I'm thinking about subjects and mastering my content and making sure that I masterfully teach it to my kids and impart that knowledge on them. You know, and then you very quickly realize like, number one, like, oh, I have to, I have to know these people. You know what I mean? Like I got to yeah. get to know them. And then once you get to know them, it, it, uh, man, the, the kind of vibes I get at Lake and, and you know my history a little bit. Like I had kind of a rough go in middle school and um it was sort of a miserable experience for me and so being at lake it's uh it's just so lovely man because even with troubles that we may face in that community um there is nothing but love everywhere you look and i look even the way the, the students treat each other and everything um and i don't know what it was like before i wasn't there i've heard stories i've heard all kinds of craziness if you go back three or four years what it actually looked like uh but i can tell you now the vibe that i feel there is amazing dude um they just have love and respect for each other. Um, and I had I had a student in class the other day um, that was having a super rough day. And it was interesting. Um, I, I guess I, well, I don't want to get into too many details, but at, so at one point the student got really upset and left. And what was crazy to me was everybody in the class just rallied to support that student and they're not necessarily all in the same group of friends or anything mm-hmm. and we all were concerned you know and so i kind of had to pop out in the hallway and check in I had, we had a dean out there and stuff and i just wanted to make sure we all wanted to make sure that the guy was okay you know like make sure you're doing all right right here in your heart because we are a family over there man and i think that's what came out of this whole thing is like sometimes these challenges that we face they take us out much they bring us uh, through it much stronger on the other end um because i think 
everybody realized, uh, you know, because we got some new teachers and stuff this year, but everybody kind of realized that, man, that family bond at Lake is real, dude. And yeah. uh, you can't fake that, man. That's, no. that's some genuine stuff. And yeah. honestly, just like, you know, you were you were talking about that connection with your students. You know, I, I realized that earlier on when I was uh, uh, in my Bella volunteering at uh, DCIS at Ford, man, like you, like these babies. Like they're going to figure out like if you're faking the funk or not, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think that's just right across the board. Oh yeah. And it, it takes that type of investment, man. Like I, if I can make a comparison, so in the army, right. We're like, if, yo, if I don't do my job, if I'm not walking, watching my sector, dude, like you, we're going to die. You know what I mean? Like there's literally our lives are on the line on how we are able to perform, right? Like you have to have that type of investment that, you know, if you don't do your job, man, like you're going to lose your life. And if I'm to make a comparison to teaching, it's the same way, man. Like if you're not able to trust me to, to, to guide you and, and, and build that bond with me to, to receive this learning, man, like you may end up a a dead body on the street or, or fill a prison bed or God only knows what, you know what I mean? Yeah. So like, uh, it's, it's extremely important to build that bond. That's how we as human beings learn. I, I feel like I, I don't even have to do the research. I <laughs> yeah. feel like as cavemen, where were they learning in front of the, around the fire, right. With your family. Like that's how knowledge is handed down. Right. A lot of the, the knowledge of language of the Navajo, right it's handed down from the older generation to the younger generation like they don't have like the the written language like it's it's handed down wind talkers hand that shit down and the only way that you can do that is through you know that that close bond with somebody to to get that knowledge man and and i think the only way we were able to really invest that is like you know through through what you've been doing tony building those types of relationships man you know and getting that type of investment like and and kids seeing that shit you know like they, they have to see it. You have to be genuine because yeah. if you're not, they'll, 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 they'll know it. And, and, you know, teaching a cynical child. And that's a lot of the, a lot of the kiddos that we deal with. A lot of them bring trauma to the table, man. And it makes them a little bit cynical to things and they can sniff out fake faster than, you know, 100%. you know, teachers burn out real quick with that. Or maybe they're even like so cynical to the point where when it's too good to be true, they don't want to believe in that too. That's you know, true. They've been, they've been burnt so many times that they don't want to accept the fact that somebody is true in nature and that they're, they're being given that gift mm. and instead just shut it away because of their past and being burnt. Totally, man. I yeah. totally agree with that. Definitely. man. Yeah, like it's, it's, it's an everyday thing, man. And it, yeah, like, I, I feel like, so much has been put on our educational system to solve. Like they can't solve everything, you know, no matter how much, you know, training a teacher gets, you know what I mean? How we've, how our educational system is, it's like, you know, you put an expiration date basically on that kid, right? Like, you know, second grade, you go, see ya. Third grade, you go, bye. You know what I mean? Fourth grade, they, they keep on pushing you through, you know what I mean? It's like this assembly line. And I think that uh, I think we need to have like a revolution in education, man. Like, I think there should you should have them bonds like that where you're like moving along. Could you imagine, Tony, if you're like you started with your sixth graders and then you end with them as eighth graders? Like the oh, bond yeah. there is going to be yeah. 
stupid. Okay. Yeah. Well, and I, can <laughs> you know tell what you, I mean, I can tell you when it comes to like the academic learning and like what we're actually trying to accomplish in our class, the students I had, because I, so last year I taught, um, I, I co-taught. So I, like I mentioned, I was around the school more. I worked in other classrooms and I mm -hmm. only had two sections of my own and I only taught sixth graders in my own class last year. Everything else I was mm -hmm. co-teaching with other teachers. But those students that I had in my class last year that are now seventh graders this year and I have them again, man, the, the, we got right down to business right at the beginning. And that was teaching asynchronously, man. Like at the beginning of the year, I was, I don't know if you know that I was teaching basically where I'm like, like an online professor where I was like putting mm -hmm. stuff online for students and then trying to meet with them for office hours. And I, Dang, was still, I did not know that. Oh bro. <laughs> it cool. was, oh, it was rough. rough. <laughs> I hated it. I hated it. And I'm glad it's over now. Uh, this pandemic, uh, and I don't blame nobody. I mean, it, we were all just trying to figure out what to do here. Um, but, mm -hmm. but even then I had it. And then once we we went back to where async where I was synchronous, so I was meeting with them on Zoom and everything again and having live classes. Those students that I had last year, like our bond is already there from day one. It was like, oh man, I'm so glad to see you. I missed you. And and I get more cameras on and and, and everything in those in that mm -hmm. group. And so you just see like that relationship and then and then you're like, oh, but I'm I mean, you know, I'm starting fresh with the sixth graders, so I gotta really try and build that relationship. But there is something to be said for that of like having them for multiple years, you know? Like in the ideal world, we'd have educators that start with kindergarten you teach them all the way through man you're there every mm -hmm. year like you build a, a really a wonderful relationship with them um yeah i'm with you on the revolution thing bro like i think about it all the time is change is very painful but we are we're definitely on the momentum of our forefathers and uh like that's that's that education just builds a little on a time a little at a uh -oh. time on itself but we really are not there's, I, I think about that all the time. I'm like, even the most basic elements of a classroom that we look at. Mike, you brought up some pictures last time, or maybe it was a couple of podcasts ago, where you were talking about um, like a picture of a classroom now and a picture of a classroom 100 <laughs> years ago. And you're like, what's the difference? It looks like the same damn classroom. So there's that, right? But then the very nature of it, like when you mentioned that caveman, how people learn, um, you know, sitting around a fire, learning from, from a trusted loved one, from a family member, an elder. Um, and I think about that, I was like, whose damn idea was it that we, you would have 25 students in a class and one teacher and then you get into middle school and high school and they got multiple classes a day and so you're teaching groups of 25 kids like all day long and you just think like man it's it's one person doesn't have enough resource within themselves to be able to manage that you know but it's just the system that we're in and i feel like sometimes even the most basic things like that should be rethought like we got to figure out a way to have less students per teacher and it's not just taking from 25 down to 20 but even then like to really effectively build a relationship and learn you should just have a handful of students you know mm -hmm. and how would that be manageable i don't know and that's why i mean like a revolution sounds good to me bro in like so many, so many ways well, you need to that's what i was talking about is that um video by his name is prince e and he it's called i so i sued the school system yeah. and that's what he was just talking about you know that um you know they were talking about the evolution of things you know like here's a telephone from you know back in the day here's a telephone now you know here's a car from back in the day here is a car now and then here is this here is a classroom from back in the day here is a classroom now and they were identical and it said the only thing that hasn't changed in 100 years is the education system and they were also you know and he you know he made a good point to saying that you know we look down we look down on on if if students were goldfish when we look down at them because they can't climb trees oh you know, yeah we're, teach, we're teaching them to climb trees and they're goldfish 
in that class yesterday, we had a comic strip we were looking at, and it was a picture of these guys. It was like these dudes in suits sitting at a table, and it was like uh, they were interviewing or taking applications or something, and they had all these animals in front of them. So they had like an elephant, and they had like literally had like a goldfish in a fishbowl. They had a monkey. They had all these things, and they're like, all right, to see how proficient you are, we need you all to climb that tree over there. Yeah, it's like you know what I mean, and you're like, well, yep. you got an elephant and a goldfish, like so yeah, monkeys. So when you guys stuff. have a chance, I'm telling you, look at that, watch that video by Prince E. It's called "I Su- I Sued the School System." Okay. Yeah, I think yeah. I saw that actually. I think uh, we had a, a a class on that um, over at Lake, uh, but yeah, I think with the pandemic, like it's yeah. it's forcefully that like isn't that sad? Isn't that fucking sad? Like, there's got to be a fucking pandemic, a goddamn asteroid or a volcano fucking blowing up for us to actually finally get our asses in gear, right? Like, yep. we, we're going to ride out this whole fossil fuel thing until fucking, you know, the world's so fucked up that, you know, it's going to take a while for it to heal, right? Like, why do we have to be so lax on that shit, man? Like, I, that's just something that blows my mind. Well, that's what like, I mentioned the, the dollar before. We're, we're reactive as a, as a people, you know? As a race, we're definitely reactive. We're not proactive. So when something happens, then, you know, we'll respond to it. But to be proactive and to look to the future, you know, it's not looked, it's not looked that greatly upon, I feel like now. But as things have progressed on and, and, and move, I think that, you know, with the, like, you know, Lacey was saying with the pandemic, it's taught us a lot of stuff. You know, it's taught us to, um, do education different taught us how to do work different you know a lot of places didn't do remote learning i mean remote working you know full time until you know recently and because employers were afraid that you know employees would screw off at home or wouldn't get as much work done or anything like that and you know it's kind of almost vice versa where people are actually getting more work done because they're at home and they're able to take care of the things that they need and you know some people even you know work after the hours that they usually would work just to get things done, you know, because they're doing stuff in family stuff at home. Yeah. hundred percent, man. You really, that's, that's such a key point there about the reactionism. Like that is, it's a deeply, uh, it's, it's a deeply embedded value here in the United States. And you can even see it in things like medicine, right? Like you take a look at Western medicine, take a look at Eastern medicine, look at the difference, you know, Eastern medicine's this holistic approach. It, it, it takes the whole person into consideration, takes your lifestyle and your habits, and it sees things coming. If you continue to live in this certain way, this is going to happen. So let's, let's nip it in the bud. Let's live in a more healthy way. Whereas, you know, here it's just sort of live however you want do what you want and then when you got a problem let's go get see if we can find some pills get a surgery cut out whatever the bad part is you know treat it like a car you know and fix it in that way so i think it permeates a whole bunch of different aspects of our society for sure uh and most certainly uh education is one of those too where it's and we look at the, the systems there's no doubt the system in if you ask most people i think most people would agree that the system has been broken right for a long time and we've talked about this before pierce like my whole beef with that whole thing is is like how can a system be broken when there isn't a clear objective? Like we don't like nobody agrees what we're supposed to be doing here. Like everybody's yeah. got their their own two cents they're putting in on like what is school supposed to accomplish? What is public school for? Like what are we trying to produce in the end? And then you've got all these competing interests and people saying, "Oh, it's broken. It's broken." And yeah, it's broken. It's broken. But like what have we even agreed on what we want? Like, you know, that's a that's a huge problem. Uh, I know this much, man. Like when Whenever, you know, I talk to the kids, man, like I'm telling, I'm telling, 
that, you know, their future obviously is not going to be like how my future was. You know what I mean? It's not like what they're going to be competing against. They're probably going to be competing against a lot of different type of AI systems and machines, you know, like for instance, uh, like our tax returns and stuff like that. Right. Like a lot of that's handled by uh, uh, algorithms, you know, like TurboTax, stuff like that. You just you put it in the information yourself. I remember back in the day, like you would go to, you know, uh, JP Morgan or somebody, you know, and sit down and with all your shit. Right. And then <laughs> yeah. you go through like all yeah, your taxes. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And uh, th- that's totally changed now. In fact, like they're experimenting on like uh, fast food joints, for instance. You're going to be able to go up, pick what you want. And by the time you drive up, you know, there's going to be a little robot hand that hands out your little meal because it just it cooked it all right it didn't need any human help or any of that stuff and then it's just like boom there you go so who's that going to alienate you know what i mean like these little cat i haven't dealt with a cashier for years now and it feels great like go in (laughs) i scan shit and i'm out like uh, for instance but it doesn't feel good for that cashier exactly exactly (laughs) that's my point that's my point right dude i love that you're touching Touching on these things, because you mentioned the fossil fuels, um, we're finishing up a unit in my class right now on climate change. That's what we've been talking about. Oh, yeah. And the next unit up, uh, up, uh, up coming up is uh, AI. So yeah. I like it's to hear nice you. I sent him over your syllabus. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he shot it over to me in an email. <laughs> yeah, man. But that's real stuff. Like, how are we preparing our kids for that? And they're not even able to read at their grade level right now. Like, if you're not reading at your grade level at third grade, you know, yeah, there's supposed to be maybe you'll get something out there for to sustain yourself. You know what I mean? Like a little I, I don't even know, to tell you the truth, unless you're rapping and, you know, maybe some type of entertainment industry. But even that now is being revolutionized by tech. Right. Like right. I remember watching uh, I forget what uh, entertainment little concert it was but tupac was a freaking hologram and he came out and did his oh, thing coachella. i was like oh my god yeah, yeah the coachella yeah i was like well, that's i mean crazy. even even dollar as a musician he knows that back in the day the struggle was real to try to get your music out and being played mm-hmm. on and everything like oh, that yeah. and now you know you have all these soundcloud things these reverb stuff yeah, like that little toy link and everybody can hear your music you know <laughs> yeah. sharing it and everything like that and yeah 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 you would have just yeah. held out a little longer dollar <laughs> he's on the right path yes yeah, i am you know mind. and speaking of music i don't know if i've ever talked about this on the podcast before pierce but i i really came to a realization in my life that um because i often beat my head against the wall trying to figure out why i really didn't get further with my music like i couldn't for a long time i was frustrated about it. i was sort of mad at the world like i couldn't understand i worked super super hard on my craft like i got as good as i could possibly get i put in long hours every single day and i I really honestly came to the conclusion that the reason that I didn't accomplish it was because I didn't want it. I truly did not want it. And the reason I know that is because I love the music, man. I played guitar since I was 15. I wrote music since I was 15. And I enjoyed it. It was this pure experience that set my heart free. It was just like meditation or exercise or something like that. And when I decided, okay, I'm going to do this as a profession, all this ugly bullshit came with it. And mm. and I acted like a child in a way because I really didn't engage in the things that I should have been doing if I wanted to have a successful career, right? If you want to be a successful music, musician, especially nowadays when you've got all this technology, 
technology at your hands. It's all about networking with people, right? You got to get out and be interacting with different groups and putting stuff together. And I always felt myself super resistant to it. Um, and so when it came when it came time, I'm so thankful that I found teaching and it, it worked out the way it did. And I feel like everything happens for a reason. And sometimes I, I, I feel like, man, I wish I got into teaching earlier. Uh, but I think that journey was huge because I feel like I've heard a lot of uh, really smart people say uh, that most of life is figuring out what you don't want to do. And that one was, I was a stubborn one, dude, from the time I was like, I don't know, probably, I think I made that decision that I wanted to do music probably around the age of like 23 23, 24, something like that, um, that that was really what the path I wanted. And I just went after it and went after it and went after it. And it took a long time. It wasn't even until, like when I started teaching and stuff, I still hadn't realized it. I really hadn't taken a hard look at it. And then looking back on it, I was like, man, all those things that I needed to do, there was something in me just resisting it. There was something in me that didn't want it, didn't really want to do what I had to do for it. Because um, all the shit, man, the pressure shows. You remember me, Pierce. I get so stressed out every time I play the show, you know, and everybody's like, oh, it's this great experience experience, you know, and, and I was telling myself in my head, like, oh, I'm giving back to the world, you know, I'm making the world a better place by sharing my art and sharing my music. Um, and I really, and I, I may have told you this before, Mike, but like, I think it's true for some people. I think that's their path, you know, creating music and touching people's hearts and lifting people up through music. And I wanted that to be my story so bad. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's not my story. That was never my story. Um, so I, cause I hear, cause I, I just want to speak to that because I never really talk about it. Um, but I, even people in my family say that, you know, and ask me, oh man, but you were so close and why didn't you keep going? And, and the thing is, is man, I wouldn't want it. I wouldn't want to. I'm so fucking happy right now. <laughs> like, so happy with what I'm doing. Um, and now, and the beautiful thing, and I think I mentioned this before too, is that now music has gone back to what it used to be for me. It's like meditation. It's like exercise. Um, so I still jam. I got my loop pedal set up in the, literally in the living room. So when I yeah. have a free minute, man, I click that thing on and me and the kids jam. All my kids play music now. We jam together. We're writing a song and it's, uh, it's interesting. So yeah, I just want to speak that. I never really said anything that's, about it before. Yeah, that's fresh. Because <laughs> I was there, you know, one day I was there doing music and all of a sudden I just dropped off the planet and was like, I'm a teacher now. See you guys. <laughs> yeah, Mike, your words are hollow. That's basically <laughs> what he's saying, okay? <laughs> I invested so much time into Tony Dollar music. Oh, <laughs> bro, you. Oh, I appreciate you so much. You were always such a big help, such a, uh, a supporter of my music. And, and I always I always love that and appreciate that, man. <laughs> Like when, like for the birthday video, when you sh you were wearing the the old school Tony Dollar music shirt, I saw. <laughs> I was like, you the still logo, have that? the logo that I made you too. Yeah, that was the logo. Hell I made yeah, you. yes. Uh, that's fresh. <laughs> that's fresh. Yeah. Yo, but yo, your, your your lyrics are still good, man. Oh, thanks, bro. The little video that you put together for the 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 kids at Lake that shit was fresh. <laughs> Wait, hold yeah. on. Did you did you lose? You never told us. Uh. I don't know. I don't look at it that way. I guess I I, I didn't get for, I didn't get the most likes, shares, and comments. I think was how it was rated or something. Oh, like who that. did? I forgot who. Did uh, Fee Fee got it with his. Oh, that's right. Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. No, and it's all right. I wasn't really sweating it. Um, it was. I was going to use the money for my classroom. I want to. I was trying to save up for one of those um owl things. You know, those like fancy mm. cameras that they got, where it's like in the classroom. My my son had one, or no, my daughter had one in her classroom. And it's like these cameras that like when you're teaching remote, it just 
it follows you? It like detects who's talking. So like if you call us call on a student and then they start talking, it finds the student and then like zooms in on Ooh. them. But I've also heard it's got a lot of weird glitchy stuff and it makes students uncomfortable because like they'll it'll call on them. Uh, you call on them, they start to talk and it like zooms in, but then it won't go off of them. Like it, sometimes it glitches out and somebody else is talking, but it's like super zoomed in on some student just sitting there like awkward. So like this. <laughs> totally. <laughs> That's fresh. Can you get it off my face? <laughs> yeah. So, man, say, you know what, man, you know what's sad? Since we're speaking about Zoom and shit. Yeah, yeah. Fucking snow days are not going to be the same, bro. No. Oh, you know what I mean? Fucking pandemic. About it. Fuck that up. I was like, us, no? I was getting all excited about <laughs> this last snow day. Yeah, I was getting excited about snow day too because I work in, you know, I still work in education, but I work on the, you know, higher education part, and like. They were like, all remote learning is also canceled at one particular one of the community colleges. Like, remote classes are also canceled too. I was like, oh shit. If remote classes are canceled, why ain't I canceled? I'll yeah. remote work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no doubt. No, for sure. But did you, uh, you guys heard about the little kid who like wrote the letter? I think he was a fifth grader or something. He's the reason that DPS actually has one solid snow day. Like, when it snowed, so now what the deal is, is if it snows really hard and everything shuts down, we get a legit old school snow day the first day. So, like, everything shuts down. There's no school, no remote school, school, no no nothing. nothing. But then on the second day, if there's more than one day, it immediately pivots to remote. Uh, Get your ass back up. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Is that, okay, so you guys are in the, you know, in the, the public school system. The myth always was, if the superintendent can make it to the building, then there's no snow day. Is man, that that's true? A, that's a good question, man. I don't even know. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. You don't know, I don't even know. I, no, I, I mean, I, I don't think so because there's... It's oh, a I'm di- about to ask Amanda, man. Maybe she would hold on. <laughs> yeah, my understanding, we'll see when he gets back. Let's see if I get it right. Amanda, but my understanding, the there's a different... Were, uh, Mike had said that there's this myth in the public system that if the uh, superintendent can't make it to uh, the school or whatever, if it's a snow day or something, if, she, if they, the superintendent can't make it into work, then nobody goes. Nobody. They close everything down. Is that true? No. I don't think so. Oh. <laughs> What'd she say? She said it's a fucking lie. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it is. It is. No, I was going to say. don't even leave their houses. They, they'll still dictate that everybody come in. <laughs> no, I've thoroughly looked into this before. And it's actually there's actually a person that's in charge of making that decision. Um, and they've got very, very specific protocols that they go by. And they, they work with um, uh, Colorado Transportation. And they, like, bring everybody in. And they have, like, certain times that they try to make the decision by. Um, but it's not really related to that at all. <laughs> It's a good theory, but no, I don't think it has anything to do with the superintendent actually getting. To I remember that one year, it it like they were talking about it was going to snow or whatever. You remember that? Tony? Are you, you going to talk that? about the one where they kind of like miscalled it? Oh my god, really it was, badly, it was all, and like people was, were dying and shit. Um, yeah, there was a lot of accidents, and then yeah. they jerked back the other way right after yeah. that because they were so <laughs> nervous about it. The next time that yeah. there was like a little bit of snow, and they're like, everything's canceled, like everything's done. Yeah. Oh, so like, they so they treated it like it was Regis High School. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Lacey, come on you you know that you grew up out here i would remember it was snow day and i was like oh i'm like watching nine news i'm like all right we'll see i'm gonna see if gateway's on here i'm gonna see if we're you know if gateway's on here and it was like every single fucking time regis jesuit canceled regis <laughs> yeah. jesuit canceled you're like what the fuck is i was like yeah, why they- 
And it was like, there sometimes it'd be the only flavor. school. And I always <laughs> joked around with Fran because that's where Fran went. You know, he went to Regis and he would always crack up. He goes, bro, it's true. He goes, whenever it snowed a little bit, they canceled us. Like, so well, somebody could get like one of the little bugs hit the windshield and they're like, yeah, school's canceled. Canceled. <laughs> they canceled school all the time. I was so mad at that every single time. Like, that's so true. That is so true. Yeah. I don't know. Like, usually back in the day, DPS would not close for shit. I remember like mm. walking to school with like two feet of snow, man. Like, they, they didn't give a fuck back in the day. <laughs> you, there could be like two, three kids dying on their way to school. They still freaking, we still had class. Damn. Man. That's interesting. I remember oh, them days. Don't, I you, don't you be late trying to carry that dead body in here. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, things, things have changed a lot, man. Um, but I'm with you, dude. It does suck that we lost like our traditional snow, like where it was just, you know, there was just no school. But that, that at the same time, that being said, I think this was year and uh, health was saying something about this the other day. And I agree with him. It did really accelerate. Yeah, oh god, he's I love the, that guy for, too. Straight man. up, yo, he's the Fonz of Lake. Yeah. I didn't know that he he's only in his like third or fourth year of teaching, something like that. I yep. thought that I thought homie was a, a seasoned veteran. I thought he had been doing it for a no, very long time. He's got, he's got the gift. Yeah, he does. That's why he's the Fonz. He does. <laughs> he's a chosen one. <laughs> uh, but yeah, but he was mentioning that how there's been a real acceleration of um, technological skills for teachers, mm-hmm. and because I'm not gonna lie, when I when all this went down and we went uh online i was kind of like surprised at how many teachers really struggled with it and how mm-hmm. how much there wasn't much technology in the classroom um I, from the day that i started i was kind of tripping out like how we talk about how classrooms haven't changed that was one aspect i noticed immediately because being in music and entertainment and stuff like technology is everything you know and being able to navigate your way and make things that are visually stimulating and and be able to interact on all these different things that we have use of now i was kind of shocked and taken back um but i think clearly one year later here we are and i think teachers are so much more skilled at that stuff including uh you know multitasking and i was joking about it before when i was teaching asynchronously like i was like i used to tell mike like when i get to teach students live again i feel like i'm going to be a ninja bro (laughs) because if you can get students to learn when you can't even interact with them like you got to put stuff up there that's going to catch their eye and catch their attention and get them to interact and try and get them to show up to office hours i feel like i'm going to be a ninja and now i feel like it's the same thing with this hybrid teaching where you're teaching a group online and a group in person and i'll tell you man i i haven't been doing this long but that's so freaky i hate it bro i hate <laughs> that is it so freaky i wish i wish there was a way like i know some elementary schools like my daughter's elementary school where they divide it so you've got the online students have an online teacher and then the you know the the in-person students have an in-person teacher but when you get into secondary you know middle school and high school they got multiple t- classes and teachers mm-hmm. there's just no way you'd have to have two teachers for every single thing you know that you're doing mm-hmm. um so it's not really feasible um, but I feel the same way about it. I feel when it finally goes away, which I'm hoping, I'm kind of scared it's never going to go away now. I don't think it is, man. Ugh. I think this is just the way of life, bro. Like, seriously. Oh, I geez. really do, man. Do I, you? Um, unfortunately. Oh, that sucks. It, it, it felt, so, I didn't realize I complained last year, you know, because it was so tough for me, like classroom management <laughs> and all that stuff. And I was like, oh, this shit's so hard. And then now this year, I'm like, like I had like because you know this week we started back five days so we've got students mm-hmm. that are in the in the building five days a week now um, and I've got uh, my eighth grade class is just like 
packed, you know, for me compared to my other one. So it's like, a how, f- how many, how many students do you have in person generally in like the, in it, your class? It varies so much, dude. I've got one class where up until recently, I literally had, literally had zero in person. Everybody was online. Uh, but now I've got two in person in that class. Um, I've got some that are like five or six, uh, and then my eighth graders, I think I have 12 or something like that. Um, but it feels really full in my room. You've been in my room. So yeah. 12 students in that class, it take it's literally yeah. every single seat in the That's classroom. Everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I've got in that class, I want to say, I mean, I don't know, 15 online or something like that, 15 to 20, somewhere in there. Um, it's packed online. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, man. And it's just so hard to like manage the two. But when I had all those students in class and it was like, man, they came with energy. And then we had one student that has been online all year. And all of a sudden he showed up physically. I didn't even know he was coming physically. And you're like, who he, are you? No, I know him. I know him really well, man. That's my homie. But he came in and everybody was so excited to see him that I couldn't get him on track, man. The first nice. five minutes of class, everybody was just going nuts. And at one point I was like, man, this is, this is like last year, so hard and so frustrating. And then I was like dude this is beautiful <laughs> like i absolutely love it because part of it's just seeing the students act normal yeah. well we're pack we're pack animals like that's yeah. how we learn in packs man like that's just that's biological you know the 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 mechanized part of how we're like transforming like it's mm. it's kind of mutating the way that we mm. like process information and there's a lot of kiddos out there because of their isolation and even though they're able to talk to folks through Zoom and stuff, it's not the same as being in the dude. You you're exchanging pheromones and shit. You know what I mean? When you're in the mm-hmm. same room, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Hundred percent. Yeah. You, you got you get really get to read like those facial features and you know hear the tone. Like it, it's all biological, man. And uh, we need that, dude. That's why so many young people are freaking. They're killing themselves right now. Yep. Like literally killing themselves. You got eight like eight graders seventh graders sixth graders fifth graders contemplating suicide because they're not able to you know build those bonds with their friends and have those relationships man and it's extremely important like i said we're pack animals yeah. we're not freaking you know i don't know what 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 animal goes out there mike you got all the fun facts the fun facts bro <laughs> what 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 animal out there like just is born and it's like yo i don't fucking need anybody Cheetahs, cheetahs are not pack animals. Oh hell, Ooh, cheetahs? No, they're not pack animals. They they live on their own. They do their own thing. They do. Yeah, <laughs> like when they when they grow up in their animals, like in their cubs and stuff like that. Usually, like one or but two. But then they split off and they start their own little herd. Yeah, though. they start their yeah. family. But so I mean, I... but that's it. They're on their own for a while. Hmm. So okay. yeah, Thanks man. For that's... That fun fact. <laughs> <laughs> he's always he's always got them. He's always he's got a ton of information in that dome, bro. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, a couple of things you made me think of, like, I recently sat my kids down just to talk about that. Right. And I literally showed them graphs of like suicide and was like, you know, look what's going on here and how important it is for them to be talking to us and communicating how they're feeling. Cause this is a, is a, is a really tough time right now. But one of the saddest things for me was, um, teaching online and you see, like, like I said, like last year with, you know, as a first year teacher struggling a bit with class management and trying to figure that whole thing out, um, it seemed like at some points it was the bane of my existence. Like I would lay in bed at night and like have a hard time sleeping because I was like, man, how, how am I going to face tomorrow? I got to get up there and, and do this again. You know, I got to yeah, try again. Hey, guys. Yeah, I got you. Yeah. Yeah. But then when we went to online and you saw those same students, just completely transformed bro like mm-hmm. quiet 
shy like they're not talking because they're you know they're at home they're in their own world Mm -hmm. it was is it was super sad and that's why i mean like i had mixed feelings when all of a sudden i was like oh my classroom's kind of hard to manage today but it was like Mm -hmm. a good thing because what you saw in that was you saw kids acting like kids and being Mm -hmm. together and being those social beings that they're meant to be um and seeing that transition for everybody online like i have one student where she's been online all year um, and she is painfully shy. She was always a bit shy last year too, but she's pretty shy online. And mm-hmm. when I would call on her, you know, she just would not respond. And then sometimes she would message me and just be like, she would either make up an excuse that, you know, it's, oh, oh, my mom was talking to me. Sorry about that. And I'd be like, oh, okay, cool. But you're good now. Could you go ahead and read the, you know, the, the goal for today or whatever it is. And then there were a couple of times where I was messenger privately and I was talking to her outside of class and letting her know, like, we got to work our way up, you know, cause this, this is a language practice class. So sometimes I do need to hear you speak it's for your own good and you know and then i'd prep i'd build her up and build her up and then we get into class and i'd give her like just throw a teeny little softball just to get her to speak and she would literally just drop out of the call like gone and so then she yeah just gone like she would disappear and then usually a few minutes later she'd pop back in and then you know i didn't want to make things worse so i'd kind of let her be there and then i'd reach out outside of class Um, but it's been a real struggle she came into class for two days in person whole different world man she was talking she i had them reading in groups and stuff she was reading out loud everything was great and then i just found out she went back to virtual and so it's painful what what the hell yeah after after only a couple days i know man and that's the struggle you're just like oh like you don't understand it you don't know why there's always some you know there's countless reasons and and assuming that you know a student in and out, um, no matter how much time you spend with them, you never really know. You don't really know what's yeah. going on at home or what what they mm-hmm. might be up against. That humbled me a couple times last year um, where mm-hmm. I'm getting frustrated with a student and then all of a sudden you find out like, oh man, they're going through this. Like, oh yeah. shit, like what an ass am I? You know, yeah. like <laughs> over here getting frustrated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yo, how, does, how does that work for you, Mike? What's that? Uh, the virtual setting. You you teach classes uh, uh, at the upper upper echelon. Well, I mean, it's uh, in in higher education. It's always been online, you know, classes and um, and a lot of it when the pandemic happened, just went mostly to online. And you know, they they did have a drop in enrollment because there are some people that just don't do online well. You know, mm-hmm. there's people that need to be actual in person. And in school and stuff like that and, and get hands-on help um our, our enrollments were down but not like ridiculously down mm-hmm. um just because the online presence has, has always been um there in the higher education okay um well i was just so, I was, the only reason yeah. why i say that is because those online folks are still isolated you know what i mean yeah. like as far as like not being able to you know, go to the club scene, not being able to, you know, engage in like certain, you know, human things that we do, you know, for, like, yeah. thank God I got, I got plenty of entertainment with five boys and, you know, Amanda, <laughs> that is way too much for, you know what I mean? <laughs> the normal man, you know what I mean? It's, I, I got a Netflix every day. I, yeah, and I feel you, bro. I'm in the same boat because I've got my three kids, I got my wife, and then both my parents live here too. So we've got like a full house, and so I've had to remind myself of that a couple of times. That there's definitely people out there that are living alone. You know, they're in an apartment yeah. by oh, themselves. Well, I mean, and, and Jose will tell you that all the time. Fran, he'll tell you that all the time. That's what he's like right now. You know, oh, his wife's a nurse. Mm. His wife's a nurse, and so she's gone twelve hours a day, and so it's just him by himself yeah. those whole twelve hours. You know, and. And he works from home too, so he's at home, 
And so when we got the email actually um, to go back, we're going to be going back June 1st. Uh, when we got that email, he, like he was so excited. He's like, "Oh, we're going back yes. to work. <laughs> we're going back to That's work." That's the only time you're gonna hear him say that. Shit. Yeah. So, <laughs> and then all. No. And then, meanwhile, all of us were like, "Shut up, shut up, dude." <laughs> <laughs> but I think it, I thought also too. I think you know, in the educational field, we have an opportunity to just show how important it is for us to learn in those settings. You know what I mean? To learn in those group settings and like how important it is to have this type of connection with folks. You know what I mean? Like even with my kiddos, man, like during the virtual learning, Oh my God. I thought I was the worst parent, man. You know, I'm like, dude, like I should be able to, we should be able to dock this thing out. Like, why are we having like wars? We're having literal wars here. You know what I mean? And then, like, they get into the classroom. They when they finally uh, got to go back in person, it was like I was dealing with a totally different child, man. I'm talking about like Dayton, uh, our uh, one of our, our our boys, man. He became like the eagle of the week, right? The student of the week or whatever. Like he was the first student of the week, and like during his online time, oh my god! Like I'm pretty sure, like the <laughs> teacher was like, "Yo, we need to call social service over there to save that kid." You know. <laughs> there's abuse over there you know but then in in person like it's a totally different kid man he's engaged you know he's thoughtful he's thinking about like the other students and stuff and it just it just reinforces that whole pack animal like learning behavior and like how important it is for us to be in person man because these they they need that yeah well that's my that's our situation over here is that you know i have only one i have one little girl and that's all we have. That's all we're ever going to have because thanks to science, that's that's been taken care of. Um, <laughs> but uh, when the pandemic happened, though, dude, you know, it's, she was home and she was doing online school. And, um, you know, at one point in time, she like broke down, like, like for real and was like, I want a sister and I want a brother. And, you know, because there's no, you know, it's just you and mom and me and da da da. I'm like, our girl, I don't know what to tell you. I was uh, like, you know, you were about to go hit that science book and revert. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was funny because like I had to like break it because like you know me, I'm a logical person. I had to break it down to her. I was like, you know, I was like, so so this sounds gonna work. You know, even if that was possible, we had a baby, and the baby came out. You are not physically able to do anything realistically with that baby for three, four years. Mm-hmm. So that's not gonna help your situation out now, girl. <laughs> I was like, what we need to do is like you know and then and that day i felt really bad because like i said she cried and she was breaking down because she needed that social interaction you know and uh that day i like i went outside and i walked with her to every single house that had kids in our, in our, our old neighborhood in this neighborhood there's like kids everywhere she can go to any house and you know play she's gone down the street now a couple times and played and and this and that but um the old neighborhood you know i, I literally was walking with her to door to door like ding dong like hey you want to play with my kid, you know? Like, he's like, ding dong, you know. And I was like, ah, oh, dude, I felt so bad, you know. And it was just like, because you know, when she was done, you know, like, oh, go, you know, we have, we had everything, you know, we have a trampoline, you know, all the toys galore, but that doesn't do anything for a kid unless they can play with somebody. With it's truth, stuff. man, truth. So. You know, and, and you got to think about like how many babies out there that don't have a father willing to do that. You yeah. know what I mean, <laughs> no, for real, that's real shit. 
For, you know, for sure. like like how how detriment like we're not. I don't think we've really calculated the side effects of this pandemic, man, and just how it's really gonna fuck with our kids, man. Let yeah. alone ourselves. You know, yeah. what I, mean? well, I was looking when we were talking about the the whole suicide thing. So there's no official numbers as far as like. Any for for suicide yet, as far as 2020 goes, um, but like a couple of hospitals had reported that they had like 250 percent increases in Holy in suicide crap. attempts for in in the month of October. Mm. Um, you know, there was a few saying that there was like doubled and this and that. So yeah, it was, I mean, it's it's real. I mean, you know, it's they real. don't have official numbers, but you know, hospitals were saying that they had like one particular hospital was saying that. Um, what is it? Uh, they had 67 attempts in 2019 and then 108 attempts in 2020. And they said in October, they had a 250% increase in those numbers from the previous year. And I mean, yeah, even before, yeah, even before the pandemic, like, especially in Colorado, we had issues with suicide in young people, period. Like there were a lot of kids in, in their lives, man. Well, they, uh, if you look middle at middle school aged on up, right? That was the leading cause of death for them was suicide here yeah. in Colorado. Yeah, I remember seeing that too. And well, so much of this too is it's the graph, the line of the graph is really parallel with like you think about the iPhone came out in like 2008. Mm-hmm. Um, and as technology has gone up, like these problems are, are, are definitely perpetuated. They're made worse, um, because so much of it and like, and that's part of that conversation I was having with my kids. We sat down, we had a long conversation about social media and like what it is, you know, cause they want TikTok, and, and you know, they don't want Facebook. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Facebook is for us old people. It's for old people. Yeah. But Snapchat. So tic- weird. <laughs> I know, I know. But, um, but we were just having that conversation about what you see on social media. You know what I mean? It's so different. Like the only way you know a person decently is you you know them physically like i know mike you know what i mean which by the way i haven't even seen your new house i definitely need to be over there soon um oh yeah you got your shot this week right pierce yeah you got yeah. your second shot uh, and you were fine huh yeah dude you, you know, know why what did you get was it derma or was it pfizer no i got pfizer that oh, and i'm superhuman you know what and I'm super <laughs> i was also talking about um i was also talking i mean because for real like i'm pretty healthy i take I have right here to the, to the left of me. I mean, I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven different eight, vials nine, of 10, 11, super 12, soldier 13. serum. <laughs> I have 13 different like pills and vitamins that I take a day, you know? Oh, yeah. And, you know, each one of them has, you know, does different things for different parts of me and everything like that. And I, and I think that because I, I take care of myself that I don't have like adverse effects when it comes to other things. But I, I also think. They were saying, I read an article um, saying that type O people don't have um, adverse reactions to the um, uh, vaccines. The vaccines. Or, oh, the vaccines. The vaccines. And really? The other Negative thing, and positive? And the other thing, hmm. I don't know my blood type. So maybe I just figured out that I'm type O, guys. <laughs> That's how you figured out. <laughs> Dude, no, I know, and, but I I think there's got to be more to it, man. I, I I exercise probably four or five days a week. Um, yeah. I take good care of myself. I drink a ton of water. I take multiple vitamins and supplements. I definitely take the vitamin D every day. Um, the only you know one area I probably could improve on is sleep. I try to get more yeah. sleep as much as possible. Yep, that's the exact same <laughs> one I have. Yep, that's the exact one I take every single morning. Um, but for whatever reason, dude, and I didn't see it coming. Like I wasn't. I really didn't think I was going to have that kind of reaction, even though I'd 
had a couple of family members that did. Um, but uh. it, that shit hit me like a diesel truck, bro. Like I thought I for a second I was like, did they accidentally give me Corona? Like what the <laughs> fuck happened here? Like, I, yeah. So and, so I don't know, man. Maybe it maybe it is. Maybe it's that was Derma. That was the Derma one. Uh, the yeah, Moderna. Pfizer? Moderna is what I had. And I looked up the statistics on it too, Mike, by the way, because we were joking yeah. around because I was like, oh, that Pfizer one, uh, you're going to be fine. It's the Moderna one is the problem. It's actually the opposite, dude. Like people, oh, who, people who have extreme reactions to um, the Pfizer, it was like uh, 38% or something like that. And the Moderna, yeah. the one I took, like 17% of people have like a reaction like what I had where you're running hmm. a fever and getting all super sick and shit. See, that just reinforces what I just said. <laughs> I am I fucking guess. superhuman, bro. And a like scientist, this. apparently. <laughs> and a guinea pig. <laughs> <laughs> um, are you, did it increase, you, increase my bench press by like 50%. Crazy. Hell yeah. yeah. What you, you benching now, bro? Uh, I haven't been focusing mostly on bench. I've been focusing on my squats, man. I saw that. I I've saw been doing that. that. So now I can, with ease, I can do 365. I can do two set to two, 365. So next week, I'm going to go for that uh, four plates. Four plates? I'm gonna go for the four plates and see if I can get that once or twice. Make sure you bring so an extra set of draws and some wet wipes. <laughs> <laughs> but um, well, it's funny. Just again, it's just, it's this is the strongest I've ever ever been. You know, on doing anything, and this is the biggest I've ever been. And it's like it's funny. Just as as I get older, I got that real dad strength. Like that real dash. Got that old man strength. That's old what man strength. Yeah, dude. Old like the, the strength that we, we talked about before. Like, I remember when I was trying to post up my dad in high school, you know, I'm faster than him, quicker than him. But when I got down to the paint, I tried to post my dad up. He wouldn't move. Like that man was, <laughs> um, you know, a, an unmovable object. You know, it was he was like deemed by physics, physics as an anomaly because he didn't move, you know. <laughs> but yeah, no, no, I haven't done much on on bench because I've been, because that was my other thing that I lacked on was just, you know, squats and this and that. Mm. But it, you know what? On Sunday, I felt like I deadlifted a million fucking times because of that damn snow. Mm. You know, yeah, oh, yeah, out there. God, that that was, was out there like four snow? times, oh, dude. God, yeah. yeah, well, we went out and helped the neighbors too. So we did a couple of houses and poof, me and Jaden were busted yeah. up afterward. It was crazy. You know, yeah, I, I'm still I sore. Yeah, I slept on a heating pad that night. <laughs> I tell people that I'm like, I'm like, damn, you feel sound fucking old. I'm like, yeah, bro. <laughs> uh, hey, Lacey, are you guys still? Are you and Amanda still doing those workouts? Because that's the kind of stuff I'm doing. Yeah, yeah, we do yeah, that. Yeah, we're, we're still we're, popping them out, man. Oh yeah, I love that, man. I don't even know which one you do, but we do Beachbody too. And now for the first time, me and Myra are actually doing it together. You kind of you guys kind of inspired us. So we, we've been doing, uh, well, like a mix. So at first with the, uh, the beach body, we were doing Shanti stuff. Yep. And then we started, you know, Amanda was like, you know, Shanti's hard on the knees. But I'm like, you know what? You're right. Cause my knee is swollen. So I was like, you know what? Let's, <laughs> let's do a little something else. And then she was like, well, let's get on the, the Caesar, uh, workout. So this, it's another black dude on there named Caesar. And he does, his focus is it's definitely a combination combination of strength training, weight training, and like uh, um, like Pilates and uh, a lot of like sports focus type of uh, yeah. workouts. Yeah. So he blends all that shit together, man. And you know, Amanda loves that shit. And, yeah. and then when we're running, like it's 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 on and popping, baby. Oh, so she, she likes that. the workouts, man, just because. 
I do. That's all I do is weight training. I like to lift heavy shit and I lift heavy all the time. Meanwhile, Tira is the opposite. You know, she doesn't like to lift heavy. Like I took her to the gym with me two weeks ago and she, she said I murdered her. Her legs were like sore for like a whole week. Cause she went with me on leg day. Unfortunately. Yeah. Wait, and I leg think days. So I'm like, Oh, my shit's yeah. wobble. Oh, yeah. So dude, and it's funny because like, so I did her, you know, she did my workout and then I did her workout. And Tira is all about yoga, you know, and mm. all this and that. Mm. Dude, I look like a fool. Like, oh. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm like, yeah, I'm like fucking strong. I'm strong. I can lift all this. And then, blah, blah, blah. then I try to do these yoga poses and like oh, hold my like body weight up and this and that. And I'm like, I look at her and she looks at me. She's cracking up because I'm like sweating, dude. I'm like, Hell yeah, <laughs> yeah, bro. Like, why am I sweating? Yes. Why? I'm like, I looked at her. I'm like, why are you not sweating, man? I was like, how is this shit peaceful? I remember the first time I did it. I was like, oh my God, how is this? This is pure torture man yeah well i told you slipping yeah dude i took it in college thinking i was just getting some free credit so like way back in the day i signed up for a yoga class like oh this will be easy we'll just basically take a nap every morning and i'll never forget (laughs) it man i I told you Pierce. i'm like she's like in the and i remember the instructor would be so calm and her voice would stay so calm she's like and now just hold it Mm-hmm. and hold and i'm like and I'm shaking like, oh, and sweats oh, coming yeah. out of my face I'm like, oh, apart. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. no that's that shit's real i was gonna tell you though lacy if you got that if you do the beach body stuff uh we started on the lift four if you ever get a chance check that one okay. out it's l-i-i-f-t-4 and it blends it's got some hit training mixed in on some days um but yeah it, I, th- I i did that is that with the i don't know if he's Joel. polish or russian or something y- yeah you know maybe what I'm talking about? he's well, got like a like a little accent no, this dude doesn't have no, an accent. That's not him. Okay, all right. <laughs> yeah, his, there's a dude on there. He sounds like a straight Russian, like <laughs> Moscow, okay. Moscow dance. Yeah, that beach body's a real thing, and and COVID made me revolutionize because I was more like Pierce. I was never a really super heavy lifter, but I was always a weight guy. Like I just like going in and lifting weights, and then I would yeah. do running or some kind of cardio separate or whatever. Um, but when COVID hit and then I stopped going to the gym, it was like, I got desperate to figure stuff out and I look at it in a whole different way now because I used to think I was like, nah, maybe how you were, you know, approaching yoga or whatever. Like I was like, it's not the same, man. I'm not going to be able to build as much muscle. I'm not going to be able to be as strong and as fit. <laughs> and then we started the, some of the stuff we started doing. I mean, I like, I couldn't walk today was leg day for us, me and Maya today. And it's mm. like, oh man, by Sunday, bro, I'm not going to be able to walk at all. Like hundred yeah. percent. And I'm not lifting heavy <laughs> weights, dude. I've got, you know, like yeah. 30 or 40 pound weights that i'm doing squats and lunges and stuff with them 30 and 40s are like they're destroying me yo at when we got started i was like i ain't gonna be no bitch like thank <laughs> you i don't want no fucking 15 pound weights 10 pound weights give me this shit so i so i grabbed the 40s right from the, uh, yeah yeah with the shanti shit and then we started doing the i was like damn we did the first like set i got it but then I was like, there is no fucking way I'm going to be able to do this like four more times. Man. Yep. And it, I told seriously, I got so humbled, man. I was like, you know, I genuflected. I said, Lord, <laughs> you know, I, I, you have humbled this man. Like, I, you, It was painful. You know what? Did I, that and I picked up the fives. And I was like, <laughs> I'm trying to remember what these are called. The it's, I think they're just called like some kind of flies or something. These right here. You ever do these like yeah. this? Yeah, like those, yeah. bro. Yeah, I tried. Yeah, to, I yeah. started with twenty fives when I did that, <laughs> dude. Mm-hmm. I, I ended immediately. I was down to tens. Like you just can't. You can't hang that many times yeah, in a row. It's, so what yeah, I mean, you're doing it like fucking like 30, 40 times, right? You got you're doing like 30, 40 reps. Yeah. And I was like, like Taking I said, I did it up. with the forties. Oh my god! I was like, I don't even know what the fuck, what am I doing? <laughs> like, you know, what are these cats doing? You know, on the on the on the beach body vids, 
Like they're they're carrying these huge weights. They look, they look huge, but they're like you know they're like fives or something. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. They call them out every once in a while. And you're like, oh <laughs> yeah. damn, I thought that was way more. They do like, call them out. Yeah, you're right. You know what they're the like, worst feeling is? Because the people, pounds. yeah, those people <laughs> in the videos, man, that's the worst part because they're they're shredded, bro. Like these they are, are shredded. very physically fit people. And so I always yeah. freak out when I'm like doing an exercise and we're doing it for the first time. And so I'm starting with something and I grab my weight that I think I'm going to do. And we're in the middle. I'm like, Oh boy, this is pretty tough. And then he's like, Oh, look at so-and-so here. He's got 25s right here. That's masterful weight. And I'm like, Oh shit. I got, like, 35s I got 35s right 30, now. <laughs> I got 35. Yeah, exactly. I'm definitely as strong as that dude. I need to slow That's down. Funny. Yeah. One of my favorite, uh, one of my most humbling stories ever at the gym was when I was, um, I was doing like a leg day kind of a deal and I was going to do lunges. I was like, oh, I can go. I'm going to do me some lunges, dude. Right. I grabbed these 80s and I went all the 80s each. I grabbed these 80s. I was like, oh, I got these 80s. I was like, this is no problem. Walked all the way across the gym. People watched me walk across the gym. Right. I got over to the other side of the gym. I did one lunge with 80s. I was like. Oh no! I just, oh. I just tore my hamstring. Oh no! <laughs> and I was like, everybody just watched me walk all this weight over here, and they saw me do the one lunge. I gotta do all these lunges now. And so I like I, I lunged all the way back, and I put them back on that rack, and I was done, dude. I was like, like I'll see you next week. Call it a day. <laughs> No, I got no shame in the gym, bro. Like I've done that so many times where I throw way too much weight on something and just immediately I'm like, yep, I'm that guy. You know, I got to put this shit back. There ain't no way I'm going to bust myself up on this thing. Yeah, that's Man. hilarious. The, you know what was humbling for me, Pierce, was see, you, and you told me when we talked about it recently, you were saying it was one of, for all of us, it was one of our first leg workouts. But for me, I was trying to play the role. Like I knew what I was doing, lifting with doing legs because I was like, I'm from the 90s, bro. It was like all upper body, like everything, you know, all <laughs> chest and back and yep. arms and shoulders. Uh, and so we did that, that leg workout back in the day that we still talk about to this day. And yep. I was, you know, I was doing way too much weight. When I look back on that, I, it was ridiculous. Like the deadlifts and stuff that I was doing was stupid. What were y'all doing? What were you doing? I don't even remember it, like how much it was. Yeah. So like it was this workout that one of our, shit. Well, no. it was this workout that our, our coworker gave us. And, uh, and, and he's first off, he's a big ass fucking dude. He was pushing <laughs> 300 pounds, right? He was a big, you know, muscly dude and gave us this workout and it was me jared uh tony and jesse and we were all downstairs like in the in the you know in our where we worked at at jones well wasn't joe d doing, there too yeah yeah and joe and we were doing all we we're doing he gave us this printout of all these workouts to do and so we were doing the weights and then like i think it was just like again the pack animal thing lacy is where we saw one person doing that weight and it was like well shit i'm gonna do that weight too like, you know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, that's the story that we have all the time because we also did this right before the holiday break. And so we're all just like walking around <laughs> like old people, like, you know, bro, I, I told everybody that like I got tricep workouts because like every single time I had to go to the bathroom, like I was like <laughs> lowering myself onto the toilet because I couldn't do it. Lacey, I literally slept downstairs oh. on the couch for multiple days. I was like, bro, I, you, I you couldn't get up the down. stairs, dude. I was like, <laughs> and i remember i remember almost i don't think i actually threw up maybe i threw up a little but i was like close to throwing up and i was just like hanging in there with you guys it was so funny to hear later that everybody was in the same boat i thought i was the only dude so i was like man i gotta hang with these guys i gotta keep lifting this weight that's i don't know if that's toxic masculinity or what dude oh there was a lot of toxins in my body after that for sure dude i was was so that is fucking hilarious yeah man (laughs) 
dude i no i know how it feels baby yeah okay. yeah fitness I, is I, your I, jam bro mini. you know i'm down with the fitness man that's a, but that you know that comes a part of you know the whole military thing like we have mm. to be in physical shape man i had to make sure my soldiers were in shape so that was like an everyday thing yep 4 30 we up we're in formation we're getting shit done prior to fucking people even you know getting out of their fucking beds you know what i mean so it's yeah. just it's just the way a life that's what i told him and extended the invite to, to dollar to come over to my house and work out one day and bring jade in so maybe you guys maybe you too one day come on Yo, over because I, I legit Got like yeah, an apartment baby. complex gym. In you should my basement, send him. You so. should send him the video you sent me, bro. Like of all the yeah. stuff you got. He just recently <laughs> like picked up all this equipment. He's got all kinds of stuff. I'm so jealous, man. I, I might wanted me to ask you where you got all those because we're in desperate need of a few different uh, dumbbells. Because right now I'm doing for like my weights. Ooh. I'm doing the ones that you know you like put the weight on it Facebook or whatever. Facebook Marketplace. Facebook. Right, marketplace. Honestly, I'm gonna if, from building the gym with Amanda. Amanda like she was like a wizard on Facebook Market place like she would be hustling on there literally yeah. like we well, got ours we got ours tony that. because that's what tira does you know it's her you know the the apartment complex was one of the apartments that she used to um oversee was doing a renovation on their clubhouse uh, and so they were getting all new equipment and everything like that. That shit. gotcha okay yeah, that and they were sense. like you know they were like just shoot us a number on on uh, what you think all this stuff is worth and so like i said i got that smith machine a spin bike, two benches, um, dumbbells yeah. from five to fifty pounds. See, I got that's three for the weights. Um, and what else did I get? I got something else. See, that's what and, I I want is that how you said you've got the dumbbells because yeah. I've got the old school man where I've got the old weights, you know. So I'm changing them around, but I've only got so many of them. And what so, the, yeah. what do you mean old school? Like, like plastic and concrete, like, he, he, like the <laughs> ones where you have old... to tighten up at the ends. Yeah, oh, those yeah. ones. I got those. Those I got are those old too. School? Oh my god! Well, because to me, okay. the, this is what I want. Okay, I want I want the whole rack like rubber. this. You want the yeah, rubber and that's rack. what I have. Yeah, I got you. Okay. Sorry, I don't yeah. know what I'm talking about, but and so yeah, so for all that stuff, Lacey, I got it for like 350 bucks. Oh my god! <laughs> so, no, they just the bike alone is like fucking three, four hundred dollars. The oh Smith machine god. that I have, brand new, is three grand. Oh my god, that's for oh, <laughs> man. You're a blessed, lucky man, dude. Let me. So. <laughs> <laughs> for all the gym rats and you know we applaud you with that one. yeah that's I'm gonna start hard charging memberships that. i'm gonna start for charging real. memberships uh real oh, quick let i want to ask you since since fitness is your jam uh you seem to get into a lot of different stuff you've definitely uh lifted heavy i know for sure um mm -hmm. you're doing a lot of the stuff kind of stuff me and myra are doing now too uh, do you have any daily routines like now outside of like your workout time? Are you one of those guys? Do you have anything you do? Like, do you do a certain number of pushups every day or do you have any like things you work out randomly? Into well, you know, for, uh, and I, it, this is correlates to like the whole suicide thing, man, those pushups, man. Like I, for, yeah. I guess for a whole fucking year, I was doing 77 pushups a day. Yeah, that's so crazy. That was fucking awful like i didn't know that like i got to a point where i was like man what the like seriously what am i doing like i'm really my my chest is mush like yeah. they, they were just like they were, i literally had testicles just swinging <laughs> off of my you know i didn't i felt like i had no muscle fiber or anything up in there man like it just felt like jelly and I was like, man, like isn't there come a point in time where like I'm actually gonna feel like this shit's gonna get easier? 
and it just that day no. never came yeah what a trip that's <laughs> a trip i'm still waiting for that day <laughs> shit well, you can do the old uh the old school uh herschel walker remember him the the football yeah. player yeah um herschel walker said that he used to do um thousand push-ups thousand sit-ups thousand pull-ups a day that shit sounds like one punch man to me every day he used to do it every day and he was saying when he was a kid to get himself into that like in between commercials he would see how many push-ups he can do in between commercials of like tv shows that he watched and look how old that dude is have you seen him he is fucking shredded yeah to this day he's still a beast yeah Yeah, he's an animal yeah he was doing mma yeah that's what i want to be baby i want to be an old man just shredded yeah. you know what i mean yep. i want to yep. be that guy i want to be like damn all the other old guys are gonna be like i remember my day i'm like bitch it's still, <laughs> yeah, like, it's still I, my day my day is now yeah <laughs> it's still my day baby like that's well, that's, that's what it. i want well that's what i told dollar the reason why i work out is because my whole motto in life is uh because of callie the bigger she gets the bigger i get mm. so and, and i and she has that ingrained if you ever ask callie like if somebody ever asked her to marry her i was like what are the number what are the two things that they have to do and she will tell you that number one they have to ask me and number two they have to beat me up mm, damn that's a hell of a <laughs> that's a tall order man because i figure if that someone's going to take over order. the job of being protector that they have to um, do better better, than me. You better hope she ain't gonna marry no fucking special forces ranger, man. <laughs> <laughs> nah, they just got to, they just gotta run around you real quick. <laughs> Tire you out and you're like, oh, oh come here, you little fucker. <laughs> God help him if you get a hold of him, right? <laughs> yeah, don't let him be smart. He's probably gonna be a smart fucker, man. He's gonna, he's gonna waste you. He's gonna get you real tired, man. Damn it! Now I have to, now I have to focus on something else. That's oh. right. You better get that cardio up, baby. Man, that's a a perfect time, buddy. It's about an hour and a half. We're a little bit over right oh, now. Man, we're over. Uh, yeah, no, that's all right. We can do what we want around here. Uh, but man, it is it is always lovely having you on, my friend. Um, it's it's an honor to work with you. I appreciate you. I respect you. Uh, I know you'll be coming back again. Again. I'm watching that old video. Made me want to get Giner on here or something. That dude's got some yes, serious man. wisdom. He's got some bars, man. Mm-hmm. He really like, does. If, if we need to get Dino. Nice. Oh yeah. We need to get Chones. Yes. And Stacks. Yes. We need to get all oh. those crazies up on here, man. Yes. Like <laughs> Yo, we seriously, we got like it's like the fucking Avengers headquarters over there at Lake Middle School right now, man. Yeah. Like if there was a time to like sit <laughs> down with some folks like that, that's. It's funny you say that, man, because I was I literally had the thought the other day of how cool would it be to have like like a Marvel style poster made where there's like cartoon (laughs) drawings of all of us. Like I I was like, that would be so dope. That would be sick. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) we should do that. Yes, (laughs) for real. We got to figure it out. Um, Well, cool, man. I know you'll come back again. Um, I know we'll stay in touch. We'll keep talking. Uh, Appreciate you, man. Thank you. Much love for you. Yes. Thank you for you both. I appreciate that dollar. I think that's a wrap, sir. Cheers. Cheers.